everyone and welcome to Living a Life Through Books, the podcast about everything bookish. I'm your host, Dr. Shanaz Ahmed, and today is Book Club. Please remember, we do discuss the whole book, which may involve spoilers. Before I bring up our conversation, I wanted to say that your support of my podcast means a lot to me. The easiest way is to buy me a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash LLTB podcast. Every coffee you buy me helps keep me alert and this podcast going. I'll add the link in the show notes and I thank you. One more thing. I want to talk a bit about a great audiobook app, Libro.fm. Let's you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. Choose from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of this podcast can get two books for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm, that is L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter code LLTB podcast. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'll add the link in the show notes. And let's get straight to book club. Welcome to book club, everyone. Today we're doing Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. And uh, I really think this is going to be a lively discussion. I just think so. But first thoughts about the book. Who wants to go? I don't mind to go. Um, This was probably one of my favorite books for this year that we've done in book club. I just, I really liked the character. I really liked the storyline. I thought there were so many great themes, memorable scenes. Um, There is humor as well as serious topics. So for me, I just... I, I loved it. Nothing bad to say here. I I agree. It, this is one of my favorites also. I could really relate to Elizabeth because I feel like our kind of views of the world and what's supposedly normal are similar. So just the ideas of like questioning what's typically done, like why is that done and is that the right thing for each person? So I, I really appreciated that and I felt like I really connected well with that character. Well, I really liked the book, but I didn't like like love the book. I wasn't like bowled over because everybody else was so like, I think it might've just been that everyone said this was like the most phenomenal book. And I was, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. For one thing, I wasn't expecting the humor, which I liked, but I'm like, wait, is this, what is this book? What, what is, you know, I'm like, okay, it's a regular book. It's comedy. It's this, but I just, I was, I liked the book, but there you go. Okay, well, um, where is everyone else? I'm kind of like, okay, what is this book about? What, what do you think this book really, what are the themes? I'll go. I mean, obviously, I think it's women's rights, uh, rights, respects, you know, intellectual property, which was a big one there. What else? Chemistry. Um, it's in, right in right in the title, but chemistry between people, chemistry between you know religion and not chemistry, you know between like actual scientific chemistry. So I, I thought the the title was really appropriate, but I think that was maybe part of it too. And relationships, family, and children, and parents, and absent parents, and adoptive parents, and parents that were killed. So yeah, all, all these relationships and how they work together. I think judgment is also kind of a theme in the sense of like, like prejudices, you know, like there are time and time again, you saw people prejudging other people and not getting it right. You know, like as a parent, Elizabeth was judged as being a single parent, especially judged when people realized that she was not married to, you know, the father of the child. Uh, There was judgment from her wanting to go into science. There was judgment uh, about her like as a scientist. Um, there was judgment about her as a woman, as a mom and as a wife or well, not really wife, but you know, like a, like a partner, I guess is how I should term that. There, there, there was even judgment about 
when she was cooking and on the show, right, as like an actress. And um, so I do think that that's a big theme, how we we prejudge people. We don't give them a chance. You know, I think I missed the big boat about the chemistry that Dr. Jen said, because that was like lessons in its chemistry. I thought about chemistry, like chemistry, you know, and how she's very nitty gritty chemistry. But I never thought about the lessons in chemistry as chemistry between people. I, I missed the boat on that one. I was like, chemistry, okay, you know, uh, the chemistry elements of it actually kind of bugged me a little bit. I was like, this is too much. This is I just loved it. Too I loved much. that. I, I was thought like, it was charming. <laughs> I was like, you know, what is it? Acetic acid, you know, no, it's not vinegar. It's acetic acid. I'm like, it's the dame. It's the same darn thing. You can call it vinegar. You can call it acetic acid. It doesn't change it. It's like, I just felt she was very like rigid in that. It has to be acetic acid. I thought that was her way of like making um, women feel more comfortable in science because women like that was the whole point, right? Like women are cooking. That's like, this is their comfort in that time frame, And you just need to like teach them the chemistry side of it. it, but it makes them feel, you know, it kind of like combines the two. So they feel comfortable with science. I think that was her point and I liked it. I appreciated it. Okay. So Erin, you talked about that. She was trying to teach women, you know, the cooking and the chemistry element of it. I just felt I liked it. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not here to be like, oh, no, I didn't like it. I am going to be devil's advocate. But I just felt like you can teach women cooking. You can teach women science. You can teach women chemistry, but you don't have to shove it down their throats. And it doesn't have to be chemical. Every single thing was chemical. I mean, I'm surprised she didn't bring up like a freaking chart of atoms and actually start, you know, like going here is this atom in this molecule in basil. And then we'll take this herb has this atom and actually start putting, you know, pictures of atoms on it. You know, to what effect is my, my thing? I mean, I get it. I get it that cooking is chemistry. You can do this too. This is acetic acid. Acid works with this. But could we call it vinegar sometimes, please? Is that acceptable? Yes. I mean, we, we're we all scientists here. I don't ever say, hey, you know, Aaron, pass me the sodium chloride. I don't say that. It's like, pass me the salt. I mean, yeah, sure. I might say, pass me the HDO, H- H2O just to be fun. But there are times I'll use water and it's okay to say, water instead of H2O. It's okay to say salt instead of sodium chloride. It's okay to say vinegar instead of acetic acid. I just felt she was just a bit too rigid. Uh, I was just going to say that I I think her purpose in using so much scientific terminology was to show that what women do isn't just simple everyday things. It's what we are doing is chemistry and it is complicated and it does involve, you know, like hydrogen bonds and all of that. And um, she wants to show, she wants to, I think, develop the confidence in the women that they are doing hard things already. They are already doing scientific things. They can go and do other scientific things if that's what they they want to do. It's just that society tends to poo-poo it and say, you know, like, oh no, you're you're just mixing your water and your acetic and your vinegar, you know, and um, not actually understanding what what they're doing. And they might not even understand what they're doing either because it's been done historically, but they are doing it and they are doing these complicated chemical reactions. And so I think she's just trying to show that, you know, women can handle the complicated things too. See, for me, I did not think of it that way. I, Elizabeth Zott's character, I liked and I disliked. I, I really think she was a bit too rigid. I was like, is she really trying to teach women that you can do complicated things? I just, I personally think it was more of a, this is just my job. I'm going to make it into chemistry. A byproduct of what she did elevated women. But I do not think that was her intention at all. It was never her intention to be like, I am going to call vinegar, acetic acid, because this is going to elevate women. I just think it just everything was a byproduct of it. And we've just assigned it that, oh, my gosh, Elizabeth Zod has done so much for women. 
she she really I don't even think she intended it. I don't think she wanted to do that. I think she was all about this is what she knew. This is how she processed the world. So that's what I think. But Erin, go ahead. I mean, that was the way through cooking that she um, started, you know, to learn chemistry herself, right? Because her parents weren't home. And so she was having to cook and really provide for her brother or do part of the things with, you know, with her brother. So she taught herself chemistry through cooking. I I agree that part of it probably was her personality that because that's the way that she had learned and developed her skills. But I do think that she was intentional with it too, because she makes statements to other women when, especially in the workplace, you know, she's like, can't imagine why women don't have the confidence to really be scientists or like, you know, be more competent in their work. And I felt like that was her um, saying, you know, trying to show them how to gain confidence and, and have that, that mentality. I, I agree. I think she was very intentional with, with raising women up. And even in the first show of her TV show, she uh, has the woman who wants to be a heart surgeon. Um, and she's like, Hey, you want to, you want to be a heart surgeon. Why haven't you done that yet? And then she goes on to go to medical school by the end of the show and actually becomes a heart surgeon, um, which wouldn't have happened um, if without, I think, Elizabeth's encouragement. And just the idea that, you know, you can step outside of the box that society has put you in and think differently and do differently. I think that was really her, her gift to all of these women was just, why, why are we accepting the status quo? Why don't we do, why, why, why do there have to be these inherent differences in, in gender roles? It doesn't have to be that way. Um, just think about it differently. Oh, and um, about her, the rigidity. I, I think, you know, she might be a little on the spectrum um, with um, her, the way that she interacts maybe with, with people and doesn't seem to, I, don't, I think she picks up well on, on uh, social cues, but kind of uses them differently maybe than, than others might or reacts differently to them than, than other people might. See, that, that's the thing. She might have been on the spectrum. And for me, you know, someone on the spectrum is going to process life differently. We're here going, oh my gosh, she's all about women and this and that. But I don't even think she was processing it that way. I, I just think she was just literally like looking at it equally. I mean, to the point where I felt like going like, Elizabeth, dude, listen, yes, we're equal, but we're different. I mean, look at the body parts. Can we compare body parts here? They've got this extra appendage. We don't. Do you want to, you know, we're not absolute equals. Let's not be, you know, where you are. And I felt that's why I was like, because you are completely, you have zero uh, nuance. It's for her, it was black or white. I think that kind of took away from, uh, from this Okay. Welcome, Shauna's. Welcome, Rafat. Shauna's, what's your first thoughts about the book? The book, um, I think it's okay. It's not like, you know, when you all, I mean, especially, you know, few of you said it's, oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. Maybe, you know, I shouldn't listen to all that. I should just form my own, you know, going into a book without anybody telling, oh, it was good. It was bad, you know? So maybe that was a little bit uh, you know, maybe it uh, didn't help me there. But I think, you know, for me, it was like, um, okay book. It was not very much. It was okay book. That's all I thought. Reflect because it's something which women have gone through ages, you know, being uh, subordinates, being below, one step below. You can never be, for example, have been a women president. No because they are not ready to accept it. So even to this day, we don't have that equal acceptance. So when it comes to that, for me, I thought, yes, it's like, you know, grinding the same flour again. You know, uh, before I call on Rufat for first, um, first thoughts, when you said, do we have a women president? I thought to myself, no, we don't, but that's America. And that's how backwards we are because... Pakistan has had Benazir Bhutto. Uh, Aquino was in, um, was it Corazon Aquino was in Philippines? Am I right? There are a lot of other. India had a few. Wait, wait, Indira Gandhi. What the heck? 
Indira Gandhi. I loved Indira Gandhi. She was a prime minister. There was a president. So then uh, Sri Lanka has, African nations have. So it is like what they call the third world countries when they can have a woman in the topmost tier, you know, topmost position. We still haven't got one, which is, I I don't know what to say about that. You know, know, I'm really curious if, not if, how this book would be received in those countries. I'm just curious about how this book would be received in those countries and or if a woman from those countries wrote a book like this, what that would even look like. But before we go into that, Rifat, what are your first thoughts on this book? I haven't finished the book. Remember, I told you I still am. Uh, I think I have still six hours left, but I didn't want to ditch. Everybody the... dies at the end. Okay, go ahead. Still. Huh? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I, was, I was just being obnoxious. Of course I, said, I know that. I was just being obnoxious. I said everybody dies at the end. So I, was just, right? I, I was just being obnoxious, but go ahead. Okay, so you have so, um, so far what I've read, it's, so far, what I've read, it seems like uh, to me, I, I like the book and it seems like it has a good promise for a good ending. So my first thought definitely is that, you know, I think I'm going to like the book. I don't particularly like a lot of characterization in it, but overall, I like the book. But I do want to touch the point that y'all mentioned about uh, women president. Well, England had uh, Margaret Thatcher for years. And not to mention the queen being the president, um, no, not the president, I mean, being the whatever. The queen. The queen herself, <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, because she didn't have a brother to take it, so she has been doing it. And even before that, we had, you know, other queens there too. But I don't necessarily think that just because third world countries had women prime ministers or presidents, that has nothing to do with what they did for women rights or women rights have somehow gone up. Most of the people, Indra Gandhi, Benazir Bhutto, I don't know about the Bangladeshi one, they are there because their dads were big political leaders. And yes, You know, they were very educated, but they had a platform set in front of them. It wasn't that they were actually coming from nowhere like Obama and becoming a president. So I I don't think necessarily just because a woman becomes a president tells that the country is very forward or not forward or America is not forward because in terms of women rights, and y'all know I'm not a big feminist, but in terms of women rights, Good or bad, there are more here and less in those countries. But I do like the fact that there's a lot more respect uh, because, you know, women are not, they don't try to be with the men. So there's like generally more respect that women receive over there. Um, If you are in a bus and if a guy is sitting, he would stand up for you and let you sit. But of course, we also have a lot of harassment, a lot of, um, you know, not as many rights as there. So, but, but I think the whole world is struggling, but just having a president or prime minister doesn't really, to me, uh, suggest that. And how far are you in the book? I just want to know. Hmm? I have six hours left. So I am where she's being cast for the, uh, for the program. Should. Wilson, was it? Uh, so they're doing the test run. That's where I am. But I have no problem if the the spoiler and everything, I'm, I'm good. I already spoiled everything. I already told you. Everyone dies. You told me already. Yeah, it's it's a murder mystery and somebody needs to know. Exactly. Exactly. You've just got to keep killing people one at a time. That's my rule for books, by the way. If someone doesn't die, the book is not good. So there you, you, go. you just got to keep killing people. But anyway, what the next question, I mean, after first thoughts was we were discussing is what is this book about? What, what do you think are central themes to this book? Because uh, Dr. Jen mentioned chemistry, right? Chemistry between people, like actual chemistry. There was also, what did, what did, obviously, what did I say? I don't even remember. I'd have to go back to recording. But about women's rights, that's right. It's about women's rights and uh, women's equality. What can a woman do? Uh, how women are particularly perceived just because they're women, uh, I think, Erin, uh, you brought up judgment, right? Because of that. So what other themes do you think are there in this book? And what is this book really about? What is this author's message? Do you want me to go? Sure, go. Okay. 
So from the get-go, I think uh, definitely chemistry or lack thereof <laughs> between people, uh, you know, that's, you know, how you can uh, have the chemistry and sometimes there's no, uh, to me, it seems like, uh, and I see that in a lot of books these days, and uh, I I consider people on the spectrum as a minority, just like people talk about women, you know, races and all those things. I think a lot of contemporary authors are writing about these people. Uh, definitely both of the those uh, are on spectrum. And uh, I think that's definitely one of the themes. Second theme is women equality, or maybe the journey towards it, I would say. And I think he, the, the writer doesn't really, as far as I've read, doesn't put it out as like somebody is actually doing some revolutionary thing about it. It's just a very simple a personal thought of a person that, you know, just because I'm a woman, I can't do it. And she has very clear or unclear per se, in terms of the social norms idea about like, you know, woman, what, what does it matter if I'm a woman? What does it matter? And she's a pretty smart lady. It's heartbreaking to see how uh, she is pushed down just because she's a woman. And, you know, they even don't tell the funding resource that uh, funding source that she's actually not a man. So to me, that's the journey towards uh, equal rights or like women are as intelligent or can be as intelligent as men that and uh, generally, I think just relationships and all that. But that's that's what I think the main reason the, the main themes are. I was also thinking maybe, you know, even in those days, in the 60s, 50s, uh, when women were not allowed to work, she was trying to prove that she can have work as well as become a mom as well, you know, do both the jobs. Yes, it's a little bit of a struggle. She had some help, but still, I think that's something she was trying to prove as well. She could be a good mom as well as, you know, do a good job as well. You know, uh, what is interesting is the concept there were there were a few concepts one is that are you kidding me i mean you're asking me why you're being let go but you are a unmarried and you're pregnant and you're actually asking the question of why we are firing you like what is wrong with you do you not get this it's plain as black and white you are unmarried and you're pregnant ergo you can't have a job which was so like, you know, if you look at it from someone who lives in the 50s, it would be black and white. But then, of course, we're in 2022. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, was that how we were? I will tell you a story I heard when I was doing my pediatric dental residency program. One of the pediatric dentists told me uh, she was a much older woman. She said, Shanaz, I just want to let you know how far, you know, things have come. They've not changed completely. They've come, uh, they've moved, they've progressed. Because she said, when I did my pediatric dentistry program, I wasn't even allowed to get pregnant. And if I got pregnant, I would be kicked out of the program. That was part of the, I guess, the law at that time or whatever it was. And uh, this was someone who told me that. And that memory just came to me now, just talking to you guys and, discussing this book. I didn't even think about it until now, but that's the way it used to be. Erin? I was going to say, like, I think another, I know we said feminism, but I think like maybe very specifically also the strength of women. And I thought that that was most specifically demonstrated whenever she is pregnant and she's like, keeps doing all the exercising and the doctor's like, <laughs> how are you doing this? <laughs> and, you know, we're so used to women being treated frail, especially when, you know, they're pregnant. And the funny thing is that having gone through labor, I can say that it's one of the most physically strenuous things I've ever done. <laughs> and so to, for everybody to be like, oh my goodness, don't trouble yourself. You, you've got to give yourself rest. Da, da, da. You know, you're like, you're not strong enough to do this but you're going to deliver in nine months and it's going to be the most physically taxing thing you'll ever do <laughs> in your life or one of the most, right? It's just mind boggling. But I love that she was like, I'm going to work through this. And then, I mean, we all need to take our time to recover um, when we have gone through labor like that, or even when we just have like life illnesses that come up, but, and she did, but she also like went back and, you know, regained her own personal strength and physicality after having, you know, given birth, which is not something that 
was encouraged for women then and still isn't, well, maybe it's like uh, you're expected now to like get your pre-pregnancy body back like this without like doing anything physical because heaven forbid you take time for yourself and like get your, you know, your exercise in that helps with your mental stress and health. Right. Um, but I just thought that was very, I, I liked how the author did that and showed that like she was strong and you can be strong as a woman. And, and I mean, really we are, but maybe that goes back to the chemistry. Like women are, are smart. Right. And we don't even realize the confidence that we should have in our intelligence, but also like we are strong and we don't even realize the confidence that we should have in our strength. Right. And there's also the whole thing of what can a woman do when she's pregnant? There's the whole, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. Don't sit down. Don't, don't. Oh my God. Don't, don't lift the cup. No, 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 no. Here, here. Let me hold the cup. You can, it's like, you you know, and um, in today's world, I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, Serena Williams probably got a lot of, you know, crap for being pregnant and playing like being like, I don't know how many months. I mean, she has like, like, I don't even know, uh, you know, like uh, pictures when she's eight months pregnant, like just going at it. And, uh, you know, there's this whole thing of you can't do it. But I am told uh, someone told me that a woman, you know, if I let's say I got pregnant, I can't just randomly start exercising. But if I've always been doing it every day, I've been exercising. This is my regular routine. And I got pregnant. I can continue with it. I just can't start something new is what someone had told me. But like, there's a lot of things about pregnancy and stuff. I, I just didn't know. And uh, I think it was like, wow, you know, it was, it was learning and I'm still learning, but uh, Shauna's, you have your hand up. Actually, you know, the myth about exercising during pregnancy, being in the field, you know, what we usually encouraged was the first trimester, take it slow, you know, in the sense that that's the time when everything is forming and all that, right? So we used to tell our patients, you know, right, take it a little slow, but we encouraged them to do exercise in the sense that do your normal routine, everyday housework. Because where when place where I grew up, we didn't have vacuum cleaners, we didn't have uh, washing machines, we didn't have dishwasher, everything was done manually. So all these simple tasks ultimately gives you that amount of exercise you need so that you have an easy labor. So usually women, when I was doing my medicine and all that, you know, like they didn't have a very difficult 14 hours, 18 hours, 20 hours, 30 hours, you know, labor. It used to be like, you know, few hours, that's it. Because they used to do the exercise in the sense they used to do the housework. They used to sit down, get up, you know, everything. They used to do. So I think, you know, not exercising, I wouldn't completely tell them not to do anything, but do your regular work, which in itself is an exercise. But now, but now when you have so many gadgets, I don't know how much of, you know, exercise you're getting. So maybe that's why you're asked to do a little bit of exercise to make it a little more easier, you know. But that first trimester, yes, I would say you have to take it slow. Okay. Let's switch questions. Uh, Dr. Jen and everybody, what was your favorite part of the book? What did you like best about it? That's a hard one. I really liked her first vision of the TV set. And she's like, oh, no, this is not going to work. And she's like throwing things in drawers and having the audience come take things away. (laughs) um, I, I just thought it was hilarious how she kind of found a creative way to get rid of the stuff that she didn't want there, um, even though the producers wouldn't actually consent to change anything. And she did it anyway. And what did you like least about the book? Oh, that's a harder one. Have somebody else talk and I'll come back to that. <laughs> okay. Who wants to go? Uh, your favorite? Okay. Erin, go. Erin. And then we'll go to Shana's. Okay. My favorite scene is the scene that I was like, I was hysterically laughing in the, like in traffic, sitting in traffic. And people were like, looking at me like, you deranged. And it was the scene where she is called into the big boss. T- and sorry, this is a spoiler, um, Riffith, but 
Um, she's called into her big boss's office and she pulls out her kitchen knives because he's trying to make a, you know, he's trying to assault her and she just pulls it out and the guy has a heart attack. And I was like, I just couldn't help how funny it was. I was like, well, serves you right. Like <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I was, it, it just, I could see it happening and I, I loved it. I loved the scene and how she like really owns her strength and, you know, takes care of herself. Unlike the opening scene of the book uh, when she was still trying to, I think, understand, but she took back her power. And I, I loved that scene. I think that my least favorite part of the book was the, like the time setting, because at first I couldn't like really figure out when the time setting was. I, I mean, I see why, but I feel like you could have any of those things might have actually happened nowadays. You know, I don't really think that we've come, we've come I guess a bit further in science, there are more women scientists, but I do think that there are still labs and there are still academic settings that are exactly what she's talking about. And, you know, I, I do think that even in my undergraduate, while like half of my class were women, there was a boys club still is, I guess how I would call it that was happening. And there was a lot of the same, chipping away at the confidence of female students that were, you know, classmates. Um, or if it was like a graduate student that was teaching a lab and picking away at the female students that were in the class. So I do still think that some of the things that they talked about like happened today. And I think you could, while the, the setting was the, then like in early women's rights, it could have easily been today. My favorite scene really was the mushroom cooking scene. I don't know. I mean, that was my favorite because I mean, because that's what I thought Aaron, you said, because it was like, and, and then, it, you know, I love the line at the end of that was said, none of the husbands ate their dinners that night. I was like, yes, I love it. I, I was like, it was beyond priceless to me that that scene was just the best. I love Dr. Jen's scene. Aaron, I'm this, your, the scene where he comes to assault her and she pulls the knife out and he has a heart attack, it just like went over my head because it went so fast. It went from that scene to like the hospital. I'm like, did she actually attack him? Like what happened? And and then I didn't realize I didn't realize that it's just the knife and he freaking got a heart attack when he was coming to assault her. Um, you know, that scene made me question. I was like, what the heck? I mean, his response. Okay. I mean, not his, not his heart attack before that, when she's, when she was like, no, this is what it needs to be done. It's like, what is it? A man's response to what a woman is saying is violence. Because even in the very first part of the book, it's almost like, Hey, I don't like this. And then the response is, let me show you by raping you. That's kind of, it's like, I, I'm kind of like, that was in the beginning of the book. That was later on. I'm kind of like, I don't get it. What men think that by raping women, they can just, it's kind of like what, um, uh, what do you call it with horses? You uh, break, breaking horses down kind of thing. I, I just, that, that was something that just, I was like, uh, um, about men in general. I mean, it's just that element of the reality of that element just uh, got to me. I already talked about something I didn't like, which is I didn't like how rigid Elizabeth Saad was at times. I didn't, you know, um, yeah, that rigidity, acetic acid, vinegar, you know, I was just, it was kind of throwing me off a bit. And I was like, I listen, I love you, Elizabeth, but I don't want to go back to class again. Okay. I've, I graduated years ago, please. I do not want to freaking draw benzene circles and, you know, I just don't want to do it. Okay. I'm done. Uh, so that, that was element that, I didn't like as much. Okay. Things you really liked, things you disliked. Dr. Jen, do you have something you disliked? Not yet. Well, I, I, I disliked, you know, all of the violent scenes, like you mentioned, like in, in the beginning when she was assaulted and then couldn't finish her grad program um, because they kicked her out because she wouldn't admit that she was at fault. That made me really angry, but I mean, that was also just par for the course at that time. So kind of what was expected. Shana's, what did you like, dislike about the book? My favorite thing was when she brought in 6.30, you know, that was something which I really liked because I have one at home. So, you know, for me, it was like, yeah, she brought him home, you know. 
So, yes, that was my most favorite, uh, other than what Dr. Jen and Erin uh, were saying, because Erin, I was laughing and my husband was like, why are you laughing? I said, you should listen to this. You know, it was like, that was a real cracker. Then for me, you know, as Dr. Jen said, all the violent parts, even I didn't like, because it just shows you that it's still a male-dominant society even to this day, especially when she couldn't complete her program. And then her thesis was stolen by Dr. Denati or whatever he was, whoever he was, you know. So that was wrong. So that's what, you know, I didn't like all those two. I really liked the retribution at the end. Sorry, Rufat, but I, you know, I kind of was like, how are they going to tie it up at the end? I, I just, you know, I wanted to strangle Dr. Denati. I just, I, there were so many things I just wanted to fix. And I didn't know how the author was going to fix it. But at the end, she managed to fix all of it. And I really, I really appreciated it. I mean, normally I would have said, oh, so contrived. I mean, she just took it. She contrived. Normally that's what I would say. But I'm not going to say that. I, I'm just going to say thank you to the author for doing what she did and the way she did it. I really liked it. Um, Rufat, based on what you've read so far, what are your favorite scenes? What do you like? What do you dislike? Uh, I liked how the two fell in love with each other. I think that was really nice, you know, out of every, you know, you it kind of shows that you do find your partner. Uh, may or may not work, but <laughs> you do find. And then I think that was really nice. I also I like it may or may not work. <laughs> yeah, that's a different thing, but <laughs> at least. <laughs> so um and in terms of um I like I haven't read far enough to call it a bad scene so far, but the thing that I didn't like about the book was just like you said, Shinaz, that I think, and I see that I read the book, The Maid, and sometimes like Eleanor Oliphant, that they kind of uh, do a little overboard when they are doing characterization of kids or people on the spectrum. I don't think it's that rigid. I understand it didn't have to be that rigid because she had a lot of uh, social filters otherwise. I really didn't like when she and Wilson were talking before the set and she goes a really in detail about her sex life with um, the scientist. What was his name? What's his name? Uh, Kevin, right? So, I mean, she seems like a person who has a lot of social filters, you know, but then she doesn't really think that's where she needed to stop. And she says, oh, no, no, Kevin used to tell me uh, that you can wake me up in the night anytime. So that I thought was just, uh, I think the writer did just for the sake of it. Uh, I thought that's where the characterization kind of went like down. But what I like about, I don't know, we're not talking about the writing, but what I like about the book was the way Elizabeth is not like, uh, and I think maybe that's the reason they they show her as a person on the spectrum. She's not aware of what she's able to do in terms of she's not aware of what she's able to bring to the to the word. She's not like she doesn't have a flag in her hand. I am a woman, you know, woman right person and all. That. It's done so subtly, uh, you know, whether she's pregnant, whether she's raising the child, whether she's working. She the the author has created a really nice tool without intimidating without having an intimidating personality that yes she is the one who had a lot of uh, you know I, I, you know what i'm saying like that typical personality of somebody who brings the revolution in so i really like that part that it was very subtly put of everything that she was able to do and i know we mentioned about pregnancy i, I thought that was really nice uh, i do think that there's still people uh, women in villages i know um, in my village uh, that you know the women would work throughout there uh, till the last year of pregnancy they can give birth right where there are animals they're taking care of cut the cord and start working again so it's i think again it goes back to how healthy you are not everybody's going to have a pregnancy like she did people have a lot of issues in pregnancies delivery so i think that i i don't like to make that point that oh pregnancy is fine and everybody should because we can all have very different i had wonderful pregnancies and i had one of the worst deliveries you can ever imagine so, you know, that's, uh, I think, uh, it's good that she brought it up. But uh, I, I mean, the, I don't consider those as a point of like, you know, so. but anyway, overall, like I said, I love the subtlety of the message uh, or the tool that she created. Hey, favorite character 
in the book. I'll say, I think, who was the neighbor? I, I just, the neighbor was mine. I, I mean, yeah, like Elizabeth said, I liked the guy, you know, the husband, uh, not the husband, the guy she was with. All I liked every, but the neighbor. Harriet. Harriet, yes. Harriet. Harriet was, yes. I really liked her. I mean, the fact that she came from an abusive marriage almost, right? It was abusive. And yet, yet she sought her out. She sought out companionship. It's like, I don't know. I, I just really, I really liked that the neighbor was, you know, not just trying to help Elizabeth, but also in a sense, helping herself to see that in a woman. I, yeah, the neighbor was probably my favorite. And my least favorite is obviously probably Dr. Donetti and all of the others. Actually, no, the the guy, the not even the second guy who tried to rape, but the first guy who, you know, where she couldn't finish her master's, all that. I mean, actually, I'd like to string both those guys up and burn them up at a stake, but that's a different story. Um, oh my gosh, it's recorded on a podcast. Oh well, life goes on. Favorite characters. <laughs> Rufus laughing. It's like I hey, it is what it is, right? I mean. I just met Rufus like this past weekend and we were chatting about it is what it is. So, all right. I mean, they burnt women at stakes for many, many years for being for just wanting to be out in the world, you know, professionally or what have you. So I don't really think that you're it's problematic for you to say you want to burn some rapists at the stake. Remember the effort I said and then she gave me a hard time. So <laughs> what effort? Are you fucking kidding me right now? Great. Excellent. Uh, Aaron, go ahead. Oh, my God. I just took it. I just this episode. Oh, my God. Anyway, it's your I fault. Coded. No, 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 right, no, no, no. I coded. Right, Aaron? I coded the effort. You 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 brought it out of me. Erin, uh, go ahead. Just go. I'll just, you know what? I'm just going to explicit all my episodes. And this is going to be my new favorite word. There you go. Go ahead. Um, I mean, obvious answer is Elizabeth Sott. But I... I mean, I know many as many of us today, like that's probably our favorite character. Yeah. But I think other than her, I really liked her daughter. You know, she's really charming. And I liked the relationship between the daughter and the minister and the librarian. I just thought that like whole dynamic was really sweet. And the minister, you know, he's I don't, I mean, generally a minister is not going to be my favorite character, but he was so interesting in his perspective and just, you know, tried so hard to make this little girl feel like that she was normal and loved and and cared for, even when her teacher was, you know, and some other people in the community were really judgmental towards her because of, you know, her parents' um, relationship and legal status of their relationship. So I appreciated that whole relationship though. I thought it was really cute and the librarian and the minister are trying to help this little girl in the background. And it's, it's sweet. Anyone else favorite character or least favorite character or both? Uh, I, you know, the secretary, because she, she, you know, uh, what to say? Uh, Mrs. Frask. She, uh, yeah, exactly. So she finally, you know, she, what, did, what, what, what's the right word? Oh, I forgot the right word. You know, she, she comes back to I her think, senses. Yeah. I think. She, she, I think she, you know, she realized her mistake and then she really did something good for uh, Elizabeth. So that, you know, finally she redeemed herself. Exactly. There you go. I was looking for the word redeemed herself. So I thought I like that character. You know, if the author had just left it at that, it would have been my least favorite character because she really tried to put women down, even though she being one, you know, she should have helped Elizabeth even from the get-go, but she was against, you know, because she wanted to, what to say, uh, keep her position safe. But unfortunately, then she realized she's in the same boat as all the other women in the world. So finally, she redeemed herself by you know, helping out uh, Elizabeth in her own way by writing to the magazine and getting it published so that, you know, the refer that's all the end of the, you know, last few hours. So, yeah, that was my, I thought that was a good one. And of course, all the men folk I didn't like, especially those, the Dr. Byers. I like Dr. Mason, but, you know, he was a good, uh, 
good one in amidst so many bad people. That's what I thought. You know, encouraging Elizabeth to do rowing so that she could, and then helping her with the delivery, with her pregnancy. So yeah, those two, I would say. And the ones I don't like was the beginning, you know, her graduate program, Dr. Myers, and then Dr. Denati, all those people I don't like. Who was As you said, I would have been, I'm really mad at them too. Who was her um, her lover, the guy, the the main guy? What was his name? Evans. Evans. Okay. Tom Evans. Yeah, uh, I really, uh, you know, he was uh, he was he was good. He was interesting. Yeah, he was Jen. a good character. Mm-hmm. Doctor Jen. Uh, my my favorite was probably Elizabeth, just because you know she is me, um, and I, I feel like I really appreciated how she could just ask why you know like the world is a certain way everybody believes the world has to be a certain way and she's like well why and, and then you see the characters are like what like i open their eyes like i can't even and they didn't even think to question why um and then once she puts that question into them then they start to th- see things a little bit differently i feel like you see that a lot with harriet too um and and pretty much everybody but my least favorite was the bishop of the boys home the one who pretended that calvin was dead um, to get the money. Um, so that he was the worst for, for me. Think of all like the, the hurt and like the drama that could have been avoided if he had just been, been honest. But, and I have an honorable mention too. I really liked the dog. Like I liked 630 and being able to just kind of get a little peek in his head. I thought it was really cute. (laughs) Um, just to hear his thoughts. I liked that she actually taught 630 all these words like I mean literally like she was like scientifically like going 630 knows 100 words 130 words and it's like people like it's a he's a dog and it's like no you mentioned the word and 630 knew exactly I was just like that was just really really good Rifat favorite character least favorite character from what you as far as you've gotten yeah I think uh, Harriet and Frask definitely Uh, I love when women change for better uh, and when they go through a lot and then they can redeem themselves or, you know, put the negatives behind or whatever they're living with, they have to. But like you said, Harriet sought her out. And I mean, it's sad to see that she was saying even on her honeymoon, her husband was like thinking about other women. So having spent that life and kids and everything, I thought that was a nice. That's another way of saying that women are so bold and so able to go through it and still find a positive, positive things in life. Um, and Frost, for the same reason, like Shanaz mentioned, that she received, uh, redeemed herself. I did like Elizabeth Zott a lot as a character. I just, like I said, I didn't like a lot of things that um, the author kind of uh, said, which were a bit overboard. And least, uh, I, so you know how I always go with characters. I like how the writer writes the character, not the character. Inside. So to me, it seemed like a if I if I were to say the least favorite character in terms of characterization, the way she wrote Elizabeth Zott, uh, but Daenerys and everybody else, they were amazingly written. Frask was beautifully done. Anybody who, you know, the professor from the graduate program to um, this, this person even who was casting her, I think the writer did a really good job in creating the character. So it's easier to create good people. It's very you need to be very crafty to create bad people. So I think those were very good characters that she did. But again, my point of view is different. From I'm not trying to negate anybody. I'm just saying that's how I look at a book. No, I, I really respect that, Rafat, that you said it's very hard to write bad people. I mean, I, I'm, I have to do that. And it's kind of, it's tricky in my book. And it is very, very hard to balance them out and give them character. But Dr. Jen, I know you have to go. So... I'm just going to give this to you, leave the floor to you for now with your final thoughts and uh, cover title and rating. Sounds good. I'm trying to pull up the cover here. Uh, I love the title. I also overall, I give the book a five because I I loved it. I'll recommend it to other people. um, Definitely. I'll probably read it again. I thought the the cover was really cute. Um, I liked the pencil in her hair because it features prominently in the story. I like the reflections in her glasses. I I thought it was really cute. And, And the title I think is great. 
too because it fits so well with the the point of the book with chemistry and um her both being her passion and her kind of goal in life but also in the relationships that that she has with everyone else so you're five all the way across title everything okay okay anyone else final thoughts before we really go into any anything you want to talk about this book anything you're like dying to have said but I didn't say or comments yeah comments Uh, oh go ahead at at the end I thought of another part that was maybe not my favorite part um so I didn't so I I I like how the end kind of tied up all of the loose ends but I also thought it was a bit much um that you know there was this long lost mother and all of a sudden she comes back and this whole series of horrible events had transpired inspired and, and and yet you know all the stars aligned to, to bring them back together I thought it was a little it was a little much it was a little unbelievable but it was still really good and I'm glad that ultimately it came to a happy ending I think for me with that is because that long lost mother also had him out of wedlock I think there was mm-hmm. that element of it that this is this is what was going on in those days oh. even with someone with money it, this was still kind of going on so like I said, for me, I, I'm going to disagree with you on that because I, in this case, I liked that contrived ending. I liked, I liked the nice bow at the end of this book and it was the most perfect bow. And I said, okay, thank you. It was, it was <laughs> like, very perfect. It was very perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I, I get it. I, I absolutely <laughs> get it. I, I hear you. I respect that. I just was, I, I don't know. It, I took that to be like the tone of the 19. 19- 50s like the setting because like if you are familiar with a lot of the tv and literature and stuff back in that time frame it was like yes tie everything up with a ginormous perfect bow no matter what the struggles were in between um so I it was like leave it to beaver perfect to me is how I took it so I don't know I felt like it was keeping in the tone of the book but I get what you're saying I also thought it was very perfect I thought you know like it was like a Hollywood, or not Hollywood, Bollywood movie for me, you know, because this is how our movies are made. And ending is like they have to tie it up so that, you know, it tells you where all this, you know, came about. So for me, it was like a movie which I've already watched. You know, there are so many movies which has the same theme uh, in Indian cinema. So for me, it was like, okay, it's another movie. That's how I felt. And for me, the author, yes, she's done a lot of work, I think, especially when you have to think about, you know, all those chemistry, the, the what to say, the chemical names, the so many other chemistry stuff she brings in. If she's a little older author, I think, you know, for you to go back and get all those accurately so that somebody is going to say, oh, no, that was not right. So she has to be accurate in all those because those are terms and those are things which you cannot just let that say, right? So I think she's done a lot of work on that front. That's what I think. And then she's done a lot of work as well as, you know, to go into it and see how the 50s were, 60s were, you know. And uh, of course, this for me was like a Bollywood movie. That's all I could say. You're Shah Rukh Khan singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a couple of, you know, songs here and then a fight here. The, oh, yeah, you know, the fight scene with here. Denali yes. and all of that. Yeah, yeah there you go. So, okay. so for me, as, as I was listening to it, that's all I could, you know, imagine, you know, a couple of songs here, a dance sequence here, a fight there. You know, it was a Bollywood movie to me. So, yeah. Otherwise, the author didn't let us think, oh, this would have happened. She tied up everything, as you said, into a big book and presented it for Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. So any other final thoughts? (laughs) Any other final thoughts before we go into cover, title, and, um, you know, final rating? Okay, final (laughs) thoughts, anybody? Or do you want to just go into cover rating? um... Sure, I go. Okay. I I will agree with Dr. Jen. Um, I would give it a five all the way across. I loved how, um, you know, at the beginning, I didn't understand why you got this, like, cutesy picture and I thought this was going to be like all a love story looking at the cover and lessons in chemistry you know chemistry love relationship but that first scene I was like nope that's not what this book is about (laughs) clearly I was wrong but I loved in retrospect being able to look at the 
the cover and be like, that's the pencil that she used to defend herself. And, you know, that's probably what her professor was thinking was like, oh, how cutesy. She's an easy target when she wasn't. And uh, yeah, so I love the cover, love the title. I think it had double meaning, just like Dr. Jen said. And um, the book was really good. It was a five for me. I have recommended it to other people. I will continue to recommend. I may even read it again because I, I did enjoy it. And I felt like it was entertaining as well as just a really good themed book. Okay. Uh, I should let you go last because then it was all fives, you know? <laughs> I should have. But anyway, um, I'm going to go. I... I think I'm going to go with four all across the board. I'm not, I, I'd have to look at my Goodreads because when I first read the book, I was like, oh no, it's a five. I don't know. But I think I'm going to go with four all across the board because after you read the book, you get it. Oh, lessons in chemistry. Oh, here's the cover. But really, I think before you read the book, like Aaron said, it looks like a romance book. and And then I was like, lessons in chemistry. I really did not want to read this book. People were talking about lessons in chemistry. And I was like, you know, I have a whole bunch of NetGalley books. I have enough on my TBR to read. Why is everyone talking about those lessons in chemistry? It sounds dumb. It, it just, but I mean, it makes sense after you read the book. So a part of the title and the cover has to also be a hook, I feel, for people to come into it. It has to invite. It absolutely, you know, people who have read the book, after you read it, you're like, oh, yeah, no, it's perfect. Lessons in chemistry. The cover is perfect. But for someone who hasn't, that's where I that's where I went with the fours on the title and the cover. And the book, the final, my final rating is really a lowish four you know, maybe like a 4.2-ish. So I'd go with a four because I liked the book, but there were elements that bothered me. And this is not my thing. You know, I like it, but I don't like love it because the genre I really like is, you know, when it's not so rigid and, you know, where things are really explored, I like those more. So it might be a personality thing for me, but I'm I'm kind of like a four straight across the board, but that's still solid for the new me. Because in the before, I used to always give five across the boards. But now, as I've been reading a lot more books, I'm like more in the three and fours. I hardly ever give fives anymore. So the new me and the new rating four is a very solid, solid rating. So Rufat, you have your hand up. Yeah, I just wanted to say that for the cover, and I haven't read the book, so I can't read it. But the cover in the title, very playful. You would not think that it's a deep, much deeper book than what the cover or the uh, the title says. And I agree with that, the, the hook thing that it has to be. So, I mean, I will still like to finish and then think about it. But uh, I don't think, to me, it seemed like a very teenage or a younger person book about just how to make love and how to do, you know, think that kind of a thing, how to... Uh, get a guy or get a gal, gal kind of thing but no definitely much deeper book than the cover um gives uh, and but definitely you know i'll read it and then i'll look at it Shana's? yeah i would agree with both uh, shana's and but because uh, the cover doesn't suggest how deep the book is it's more like you know it's like a cartoon i was expecting something like that you know it, it's more to be i think maybe i don't know the cover doesn't suggest how deep the book is actually. So maybe the cover could have been a little more serious to me. I don't know. So as far as the cover goes, I would give it a four and give it a four as well for the book too. Because for me, it was like, as Rupert said, it's like watching a movie. That's all I felt. Because this is something which age-old generation from day one we've known. Even to this day, women are not you know, given the opportunity which they should be given. So for me, it was like, you know, doing it again and again and again. That's what I felt. So you're a so four. So it was like watching a movie. So you know? you're a four for cover? Every, everything cover title, cover ti title too? Yes. So uh, no, I, the lessons in chemistry, it was a good title. Title, I would give a five. It was a good title. But okay. the cover didn't suggest that it's going to be a little deeper, you know? It's right. not just plain uh, H2, H2H uh, and O makes it H2O. 
No, it was not like that. Or Tennessean. No, it was not that. It was something deeper. They were, she, she was exploring so many other things like relationships, you know, uh, how women are. So I think, you know, the cover could have been, or maybe, you know, because Elizabeth is supposed to be very pretty, right? So maybe that's why this was portrayed. If, I, if I'm thinking like, you know, so maybe that's why it was portrayed because the lady in the picture, you know, really pretty. It catches your eye. That's for sure. So then you start thinking, oh, maybe as Rupert said, maybe it's just a love story. And then you start reading it. Then you figure it out. Oh, no, 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 no. It's much more deeper, you know. But for me, it was like watching a movie. An Aaron, easy before- movie. It was not a serious movie. An easy movie. Erin, before you go, I forgot to mention, you know, my uh, my niece loves this book. Like she was just absolutely in love with this book. And uh, I was talking to her and I said, okay, so what did you like about it? She says, auntie, I just, it's just this thing about, you know, this book, it makes you think. And so think about what, Nadia? And she says, you know, the fact that I could keep my name. Like, you know, I know how it is. Traditionally, you get married and you take your husband's name, but I could I could keep my name. I mean, why do I have to take my husband's name? You know, that kind of a thing. And I and I my response was, it's up to you. I'm not going back to Slavic because my first husband's actually it's my mid Ahmed is actually his middle name. But I said I went from an S, S I, you know, to an A H. I am not going back to an SL, you know, because then if they were, you know, in graduation, everything you're waiting for your name to be called, you're in the S. I'm like, I, the first marriage, I went all the way to an A. I'm not going back to an S. I said, so Nadia, it's up to you because she's at an S. It's up to you if you want to keep it that way. But if your husband's name is an A or something, it's just something to think about. I mean, <laughs> like, but, but that that's, as far as name changes go, I have I'm not beholden to a name. I'm more beholden to what privileges come with it. I feel like. <laughs> but anyway, Erin, go. I was just thinking when you all were saying like that you felt like also that it was maybe going to be more of a love story. I wonder if that was a marketing technique because here in the United States, maybe there's like a lot of uh, stigma on feminist books. And people may not even pick them up because of that. And so then if they don't pick it up, they don't read it, doesn't make them think. But if you're targeting a group of people that, especially women, that are like more into love stories and you're trying to make them think and get them like subtly aware of feminism, um, then maybe that was a marketing technique. I don't know. I Like it just made me think that. I obviously have no clue, but it just made me think of that. You know, I mean... I, you know, I talk with people and publishing and all that. It is most likely a marketing technique because books and all of that, it's not about the story. It's, it, it's not about how good the writing is. It's all about the business of it. Can we sell this? I mean, it's kind of like, could be the worst book ever, but if they feel they can sell it, they'll be like, yes, you know, let's package S-H-I-T, you know, let's package it neatly and sell it because it sells. So maybe that you're right. I would, I was actually thinking, you know, when we're all talking about cover and all that, I was like, man, I would have paid money to be a fly in the wall of the conversation in the publishing office when they bring up, you know, pictures of uh, things, uh, when they bring up pictures of the, um, books and you know like when when you do a book they bring it up and they're like okay what are your thoughts on this cover versus this cover and there's this there's this discussion and all of that I would have loved to be a fly in the wall there for this book because um yeah the Shana's, is from UK right I don't the know from UK because that's the end of the right yeah I think that's correct mm-hmm. yeah How I wonder that- if the UK was if it was marketed different I didn't look like I know how it was marketed here, but I don't know if that was because we've had a number of books where they have a different cover, same title, but usually a different cover in the United Kingdom than they do here. Sometimes they even have a different title. Yeah, that's true. There was uh, one that did have a different title. We didn't discuss the book, but it was like migrations. It was migrations here, but I think it was the last migration or something in Australia and yeah, different books have different, yeah, 
title. I remember you covers. telling something when you were in uh, Germany, somewhere, Shana's. You were yes. saying some another book you were looking at. Yes. It had a totally different cover. Yes, different cover, different title. Mm-hmm. So these Harry Potter, happen. the Philosopher's Stone versus, versus the, the Sorcerer's Stone. Stone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, um, it it's marketing and different uh, countries market differently too. So, um, yes. Yeah, so anything else before I call it quits for book club for today? All right. Well, thank you all. And this was another wonderful, successful book club. So I'm really excited about this one. Hi, friends. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I am way behind, but let's not talk about that. I'm going to be doing month in review next. And then let's hope I can get caught up on the rest of the book club episodes. And we shall go from there. As always, I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate your patience with me and uh, especially now that I'm so behind so I just wanted to say thank you and uh, I will see you soon before I go if you loved this episode or any of my previous episodes please take a moment to write me a review on Apple Podcasts please share this podcast with your family and friends and through your social media channels follow me on Facebook and Instagram on living a life through books I'm also on Clubhouse, look me up by name. I'm on TikTok, my tag is at Dr. Shnaz Ahmed. You can reach me through email. My address is livingalifethroughbooks at gmail.com. My website is shnazahmed.com, that is S-H-A-H-N-A-Z-A-H-M-E-D.com. The opening and closing music to this and all my previous episodes was composed by my husband, Brad Slavik. I'm Dr. Shanaz Ahmed with Living a Life Through Books, signing off. Remember to water the seeds within you. It's time.